Well, anyways, uh, we got to do this kind of quick. Uh, yeah. So I, because uh, I got to get going, uh, you know, I've got a trip heading out today and I am hoping to do this in kind of a one take Charlie uh, so that I can kind of just post it immediately after we record it. So uh, let's uh, let's try that. But uh, awesome for you to join me, Bridget for this uh, um, impromptu recording. It's been way too long, uh, especially since we've had you on this show. Um, so apologies for the gap in the uh, programming for the Thoughtcast Conversations About Animation. Yes, welcome. And uh, I'm your host, Philip Elke. I'm up here in Northern Minnesota, joined by Bridget in Georgia. Uh, how are you doing, Bridget? Pretty good, yeah, it's been a minute. Summer's always really busy, so I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Great to have you back. And uh, you did not talk about The Little Mermaid. I don't know. Did you like it? Yay or nay? Uh, what did you... I haven't gotten to see it. Okay. I suck. <laughs> well, There's so many things I want to see that I haven't had time to see yet. Yeah, we were just talking about you had some big traveling adventure, <laughs> travel adventure. <laughs> so uh, particularly like a 27, I mean... That seems like it would take, you know, a good chunk out of your month just uh, completing a 27 hour uh, road trip uh, in one, yeah. one way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was 27 hours there. We were there for like two and a half days and then 27 hours back, um, which we did stop in Texas and slept and stuff and then kept going. So, yeah, it was a it was a whole trip. And then I also had Momocon before that and then my son's birthday party after that. So it's just been like bam, bam, bam. <laughs> It was a small town where you were visiting. Did they have a movie theater? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that they did. I was chock full of events when we got there. Yeah. So I didn't even get, we had no time to do anything fun outside of baby showers. Uh, that's great. Well, uh, I grew up in a really small town. It's like 1500 people, but we did have a single screen movie theater. So uh, we were set <laughs> <laughs> and not too far from, I guess, a, a larger town that had all the wide, you know, major releases and thus began my cinephile career. Um, <laughs> today, we're going to dive into the deep end here. Let's see. I'm, I'm reading my uh, Disney 23 publication with the entire spread on the movie Elemental from Pixar, uh, released by Walt Disney Pictures. Um, yeah, brand new animated film from the prestigious animation studio based in Emeryville, California. And uh, Bridget, what did you think of Elemental? Oh, I just thought it was such a cute movie. And it's it was like, you know, it is Pixar. It was very kind of like formulaic mm -hmm. in their films. But I feel like all their movies are just always like, they hit you right in the heart and but they're so cute and they're heartwarming and the kids loved it so yeah i was just i just i was just taken aback i was like oh this is such a cute movie and like nine times out of ten i take the kids to see movies and half the time they're not that great depending not pixar pixar is always great but you know sometimes they just kind of like give into what kids find funny and i'm glad they didn't do this because my kids thought the movie was very funny like my daughter even said she teared up a few times and i'm like it's just Pixar for you. It was such a cute movie. Uh, yeah, there was a particular moment that got me going at the end of this uh, movie. Um, it's it's kind of a 
interesting to see like a bona fide romantic comedy enter theaters uh, and uh, be sort of a, a blockbuster caliber film. Um, you know, there's a whole lot to kind of unpack about the current cinematic landscape with how a lot of movies aren't particularly performing great, according to uh, the studio's hopes and wishes. But, um, the, you know, there, there are others that are, you know, doing OK. But overall, the summer, I don't know, at the box office has looked surprisingly or, uh, you know, uncharacteristically bleak. Bridget, do you, do you get that sense that there's a I, lot of failure going around? <laughs> I think so. And I'm like, I'm not sure if it's like marketing or just like people being wary of like, because I, I looked at reviews and of course people were like, oh, it's elemental woke and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think maybe that is like, what is stopping some people from taking their kids to see movies like this? Or like, I guess anything from Disney, because, you know, the last couple of movies, people, certain certain, certain kind of people don't want that and they don't want their kids to see it or whatever. Um, so, yeah. and, which I did not know that that was going to be like a thing for Elemental, but apparently it was based on yeah. reviews. That's, so yeah, that, I'm like, maybe that's it. That's one angle we've brought up on the show previously. I you know don't like getting into it too much it's you yeah know, but we can wade into it you know a, a <laughs> touch um but uh, there's that there's also uh disney plus which means that a lot of people just assume this will be up on streaming in a couple months um so you know if you can save a you know, $150 potentially, you know, trip to the cinemas uh, with the entire family and all the snacks, ticket prices are expensive, um, you know, and, and just wait till you can watch it at home for significantly lower price, then uh, people are, are going to be very prone to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, this well, that's like woke film by any means. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I didn't get yeah. that either. But I guess because there's a non-binary character. But okay. I'm, I honestly, that was like such a quick moment that it didn't even register to me. That, but I guess some people aren't into that. I don't know. Yeah, it's a traditional romance. I mean, sort of uh, in the vein of like a Rob Reiner, you know, Nora Ephron, Nancy Myers kind of uh, mainstream. Uh, comedy film you had all kinds of them in the you know when harry met sally the you know, uh, the comedies with uh tom hanks of course a mainstay of pixar films and um kate uh where, where, oh shit uh, <laughs> uh who am i thinking of um not not uh when harry met sally um you said what, kate kate blanchett <laughs> no um uh, anyways <laughs> the, harry met sally uh, I don't know. and uh sleepless in seattle um the the actor meg meg not kate oh meg, meg, ryan. Oh, meg ryan okay i didn't know you were looking for the actress i was like what are you looking for <laughs> yeah yeah wasn't she in a movie called like kate and leopold in oh the, you know, i don't know if she was in that but i do remember yeah. that yeah 2000 i feel like i was a bit too young for those uh when they yeah. came out Kate Leopold with Meg Ryan and uh, and uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, directed by James Mangold, uh, upcoming director of uh, 
Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So interesting connection there. Um, but anyways, yeah, the, uh, a traditional romantic comedy, which which we don't see a lot of like major studio releases that follow this uh, template nowadays. Would you say? Uh, are you a fan of romantic comedies, Bridget? I I am. I like. I'm a comedy girl. So you get. Ro- I, I don't. I don't go seeking out romantic comedies. But if it's a comedy, I'll probably watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I did see that they said that this is like the first time that in one of their movies, both characters say I love you to each other. Mm. Um, sometimes it's like one says it and not the other. So, but this is like one of the first times that they've both said it to each other. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's a cute little fact. Yeah, it's. I mean, regardless of the, I guess, success with which they pull it off, I admire the outcome. And it it's largely pretty successful at, at depicting the, the romance. Um, and these characters are, they're they're supposed to be arts. They're supposed to be very like elevated, um, exaggerated because they are the manifestation of these just very ex- these opposite extremes. Um, so how do you deal with these extremes coming together? Uh, one's entirely made of water. One's entirely made out of fire. It's kind of funny just how their personalities don't totally reflect how you would expect uh, a normal human to behave and and appropriately appropriately so uh, would would you agree yeah like i i thought it was interesting that it's like oh they're like people but you know obviously because they are these certain elements they re- they are certain ways like you know ember was a hothead mm-hmm. her parents necessarily weren't but they were like she was a hothead and wade was a big crier and so was his whole family but I was like, so are all water people like big crybabies or is it just his family <laughs> specifically? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that's part of being a water person. Um, you're very mercurial that, uh, you know, that there's sort of an insecurity potentially or emotional emotionality that's heightened. Uh, but all the characters kind of, especially fire and water, kind of have an irrational side to them. Um, you know, that's particular to like, you know, what what the elements represent with fire. Yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Ember. She's she's really hot headed, and she, when she's yeah. anxious at work. Well, if you've ever worked retail, I mean, like, oh, yep, <laughs> the, customer service, anything. <laughs> explosions. Um, yeah, of course, this is just great. Um, Disney, of course, being mired in all the, the woke controversy, having a reference to the crying game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder whose idea was to leave that in. Uh, but anyway, I mean, well, I thought it was really funny. Ember was like, I've never cried in my life. And he's like, oh, don't worry, baby girl, I got you. <laughs> uh, and, well, she does uh, like, and, and you know it's a poignant scene later on. She she cries tears of like flames, right? Um, yeah, it kind of like drops when she's at because yeah. they do the crying game and it like drops and when it hits the water it becomes like like a little like rock almost, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Ember, um, you know, uh, she, her insecurity is like 
letting her family down. Um, she's supposed to inherit her, her father's business, but you know, things keep going wrong and, and partially she blames herself, her sort of lack of engagement with her work. And isn't that kind of, you know, what, what her main source of conflict is here that, that kind of leads her to, uh, and then her, her dad's kind of sick. So there's a question of like, whether he'll even like make it to the end of the film um so 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 yeah the the idea of being like a disappointment or a letdown for her is just is very palpable and and of course it's an immigrant story the fire people are uh, a community of immigrants coming to this city that was founded by the the water civilization um so it's wrapped up in in that whole dynamic as well um but that that's correct bridget right that she's like mm -hmm. The, the emotional um, heartbreak that she's feeling. Yeah, it stems from like her dad and her parents. Okay, we're back after a brief interruption. And uh, man, it was a sign that I think we should probably just try to keep this as abbreviated as possible because uh, I'm really just like uh, <laughs> tripping balls here um just with <laughs> everything that i've got going on trying to get ready for uh traveling and i don't know the fact that uh i've seen a bunch of movies and want to talk about them but just don't nearly have the time so i don't know we'll we'll cut this short i i'm so sorry bridget but uh Thank you for for at least uh, being willing to come and share uh, some brief thoughts on Elemental. But yeah, just like some of the the emotional stuff with this movie. Uh, uh, Amber was crying fire. <laughs> uh, we have fire and water coming together. Um, uh, so so yeah. Did, um, wh where what did you think of the the characters? You know, Amber, Wade, their whole. Um, personality and and family situation uh well I just thought it was a really so when going into the movie I didn't know that it was going to be like you know a multi-generational uh story about you know immigrants immigrating to this new place and trying to find their way like in a land where they don't speak the language mm -hmm. which apparently kind of um mirrored Peter Son's life because his family were immigrants from Korea and so I thought I didn't expect that at all. So I thought that like with Ember never like crying and holding it all in because she felt like even though she didn't want to like pick up her dad's store and run it forever for him, she felt like she had to because they sacrificed their whole life mm -hmm. and all that. And so it kind of led her to like, you know, holding in feelings and exploding and not knowing how to control it. And then Wade, he came from a family where they've always been from here and he kind of has the luxury to always be emotional. And that's kind of where they like they kind of fight at one point because she's like, yeah, I didn't have the luxury you had where you can just always be emotional and be every feel everything. She's like, I have to hold it in. So I thought it was like a good dynamic of like, you know, really complex characters that are fire and water. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of uh, filter. Well, that was the whole point of a lot of these uh the whole water archetype is is that they're pretty unfiltered 
fire. Uh, I mean, there's not much you can do there, but yeah, she, there was all the pressure she was facing from her circumstances. Um, yeah. And, and like the explosions that kind of, uh, sabotaged the, the store. Uh, and then he, you know, this weight, I don't know. Interesting. And did you th think it was, I don't know, he's a city administrator comes from a rich family, but I guess, uh, I guess maybe that gave him access to kind of a nice cushy uh, <laughs> job in the public sector. Uh, maybe that's how. Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he even said he was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I kind of just, you know, keep jumping from job to job because he had the luxury to kind of do that. Where Amber's like, I have to take over the family business. I have to do this. I can't do what I want to do. I can't have my own things because I have to like continue this family legacy because they sacrificed all this because like Wade's family, they were like art people. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, a whole public works utility subplot. <laughs> like something out of Chinatown or, you know, this, this isn't uh, necessarily like a noir mystery movie. I, I just almost zoned out during a lot of that stuff uh do you even particularly remember that that subplot uh the the water i guess coming through the canals what what was even yeah one <laughs> well i they never say like why the like why that barrier had broken down i just guess because they had turned all the water off in the fire town because they're fire people mm -hmm. they just never thought to like upkeep that area and maybe that's kind of something that gets into like the nitty-gritty of areas that don't get a lot of attention because immigrants and stuff live there in bigger cities so yeah. areas tend to kind of fall in the back burner mm -hmm. and so no, no one knew there was a problem and then once there's a big problem they're like oh well you know we'll get to it eventually but by then like the town gets destroyed by water and they have to kind of rebuild everything that they had to build to begin with. So I'm like, I think it might touch upon like inner city workings and how some areas get neglected. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a deeper, a deeper thing for another time, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, commentary related to, uh, um, you know, the, <laughs> the public uh, service that are available to people in, in certain areas um yeah the and uh i don't know the the store what was it called the fire store the fireplace fireplace there we go oh yeah they had so many puns in this movie i loved it i love puns i'm a dad <laughs> ember is capable of she like she has a particular skill um that gets discovered once she meets wade's family who are artists and uh she can mold glass basically you know, she even turns uh sand into glass in order to fix the canal at one point so i guess that that gives her a certain renewed purpose in life um so that, that was neat kind of uh, a pixar theme of like pursuing your dreams your passions uh you see that a lot in in pixar films disney films things like that well, and, i thought i thought it was cute though because it was like it's one of those things that it's not very spectacular where she's from because fire people can kind of like you know fix glass and stuff but then she goes to this area where people can't do that and they're like oh, 
this is amazing and she can do it artistically and that kind of like she's like oh you know what I realized I don't want to run a shop maybe I do want to be a glass artist yeah so that gets resolved nicely I mean there are lots of it's a burgeoning community of fire people uh, with uh, plenty of interested parties capable of taking over the shop from you know from Ember's father so you know she's able to you know let the community kind of pick up the slack um, where she decides to go off and and do her own thing so uh, a good resolution for for her and the support that she gets um, you know from her community Uh, then yeah the the whole romance um, I don't know I I kind of like the concept of like the uh, the Lady Gaga song, you know, million reasons, like uh, the dynamic of, you know, you can think of endless infinite number of reasons why something shouldn't happen. But if you can think of like one good reason why it should, then it's, it's worth pursuing um, that, that calculus of uh, romance or of, um, I guess just finding purpose is is noteworthy and like I think a valuable lesson uh, for people to maintain a certain shred of faith and optimism in life because we can all always get weighed down by the negatives without focusing on the positive. And if we can just focus on the positive, at least, a little bit it's so much more beneficial you know to our health and everyone around us i don't know what, what do you th- what do you think of that take bridget no i think it's a good one i honestly that's one of my favorite songs by her so you said that and i was like yes i'm, I'm listening um <laughs> but yeah i like i thought it was a really good because i mean obviously that's also a touch on like uh interracial like couples and stuff and you know for a long time that was like something that was kind of taboo And so he's like, yeah, like you can sit there and say like, hey, this will never work because of this and this will never work because of this. But like until you try, like these are the reasons it could be beautiful. It's like like they find out that, hey, we can touch each other and we won't like we won't die. Um, And which I'm like, I I was a very cute story, of course. But I was like, you mean no one's ever no one has ever, ever tried to touch each other. I was a little sus about that. But (laughs) but yeah, but I thought that was like it was just a really like. It's just a, I don't know. It was like a good like plot line. It's like, oh yeah, we can't be together because we're so different. But it's the, like, they're really not different. You just are different elements and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like kind of d- distracting plot hole, head scratcher, you know, cinnamon style dings. Like, <laughs> uh, what, no, no white water person and fire person have ever tried this before or, you know, <laughs> if, if uh, while embers visiting wade's family in their pool if she just happens to fall off this little cushion she's floating on is she just donezo <laughs> you know no the kids the the depiction of those nieces and nephews had me dying because that is children they're yeah. like will you die if you fall in the water and start shaking the chair i'm like yep those are kids this is an accurate description this is like an accurate depiction of children as kids <laughs> yeah bloodthirsty <laughs> Um, and we actually do see, though, an example of like what happens when uh, an elemental, an elemental uh, experiences 
a, a life-threatening circumstance, like an, a full-on encounter with death, so to speak. So I guess spoiler alert for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when, uh, yeah, when Wade evaporates, uh, but he, I guess he's able to recover because we do see that they do show what happens when an elemental dies, the fire, um, El Ember's grandmother, right? It's kind of a, yeah, she just goes out. Yeah. She just snuffed out immediately. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> so I think part of it just has to do with like when your time is up, it's up. Um, but with Wade, like he fully evaporates, but there's enough of him that's sort of retained within the environment, like the the bricks of the shop that then recondense into uh, you know a form that's um, I guess sustainable enough for him to fully reconstitute himself eventually. So. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he survives kind of a harrowing uh, circumstance that might be a little uh, unlikely, but uh, I guess because he's youthful and has a purpose to go on, um, he uh, he was able to, to rebound from that. Yeah, he started evaporating, and I was like, is he going to turn into a cloud? Because you know, sometimes with evaporation, they go up into the clouds, and I'm like, there yeah. are clouds here. Oh, yeah, Which, the air uh, people. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the clouds are like a nod to partly cloudy, the short that Peter Son did. Okay. I don't remember what movie it was before, but um, I, I read a little thing about some of the Easter eggs, and it was like partly cloudy. That's what the cloud people are based on. Um, it's when like the stork keeps getting these like dangerous babies. It was some short from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was also another nod to the good dinosaur when they go to the movie theater, but it was the good planet, which I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, there were the cloud people in Inside Out, the mm -hmm. cloud town. So uh, I guess that um, was a bit of a parallel. Um, yeah, so earth, water, earth, fire, air, you know, I'm not going to get too much into like some of these tropes that get reused in other places. Um, yeah, I like the trees, the little tree kid that kept hitting on Ember. Mm. He amused me. He was he would be like, look at my underarm hair and it'd be a flower. And he'd be like, rips it out. My queen. He was cute. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked him. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, they uh, I don't know. It's, it seemed like maybe th this kind of uh, came from the Pixar whiteboard of you know brainstorming oh what you know what kind of characters can we bring to life uh oh elements like they're they're people that are entirely so yeah th this uh parallels closely zootopia i would say and uh and like cars a little bit too inside out i, I heard inside it. out is like the yeah. main the biggest one i think of inside out and zootopia sort of with like the civilization plus the the really abstract type characters um you know i like that the uh world was a bit more alien to how we would recognize it as humans than maybe like a zootopia or a cars um, just things kind of working in in more bizarre ways than than we're used to um a few like moments where things just get really kind of bizarre and abstract um, but still plenty familiar you know for our standards so i don't know uh, that part of that maybe makes it a little cliche that it's 
it's just such a recognizable world. And yet these characters are so inhuman in many ways. Um, yeah, that, they're so like, it, it's really funny because I feel like Pixar, they like go to the drawing board and they're like, all right, what can we make like people, but not people? Because <laughs> like, you know, Ember and Wade, like they feel like people, but they like, you know, Ember's head explodes occasionally and Wade cries into a puddle. I mean, he literally gets sucked in through a broken pipe Yeah. after her head explodes. So... <laughs> If a, if a person cried that much in real life, like there'd be some major problems or conversely, if, if someone lost their temper at work, you know, the amount of times that she did, you know, that, that person wouldn't have their job for very long. Uh, well, she very much reminded me of anger because, you know, anger, he, his head kind of gets on fire when he gets mad and inside out. And I was like, this is very reminiscent to me. <laughs> Also joke with like the anthropomorphism um, in our group chat, like did the elementals build the cars? Is that where the cars come? It, it doesn't really. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, where do they come from? You know, it all has to tie together. But I did see that there was an Easter egg in Buzz Lightyear in the Lightyear movie um, for Wade Water. Oh. And then when Wade, when they do his flashback, when he gets sucked into the sponge, there was like a little Easter egg for the next movie that I actually hadn't heard of yet. Elio. It's like a space movie. I, th so th yeah, a little Easter egg. I haven't seen it. What did, did we see Wade, the character in, or was that a Wade water? It, what was that in like, it's in a, it's a vending machine. It's when they're at the vending machine trying to get food, there's a water bottle and it says Wade water and it has like a little water guy on it. And I was like, Oh, I didn't did not connect those <laughs> yeah i mean there's um there's a whole like weird pixar theory of like the interconnected universe and stuff but just in terms of like the reality of of cars which is uh obviously been noted as very sus by many people but like <laughs> the, the rule i apply there is, is different than you know the anthropomorphism of elemental i would say in that the cars is just if you've seen Sausage Party, uh, I have. <laughs> but okay, the Jonah Hill character takes bath salts, and then now he's able to see the world of the food, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so it's basically like Cars is just our world, but seen from an altered state. <laughs> so, <laughs> so someone has, goes to a party, has a good time, and now they're seeing Cars. Okay, exactly. That's that's <laughs> Cars aren't that. real. <laughs> yeah, it's not like this was a civilization born out of like cars that evolved from other creatures or something. Uh, it's just a, a certain filter that's applied to our already existing reality. <laughs> so each cars movie is a trip. Okay, I yes. got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> tripping on bath salts, uh, which aren't actually like bath salts. There, it's like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So don't, so, don't so you're good. So, so, ele so ele elemental must be a trip on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's my new theory. That's my new theory. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. The, the one to one transplant onto our reality doesn't work quite so much. But uh, you know, there's there's this close enough similarity. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's like when people they they find themselves in another universe living out a separate life 
there's probably plenty of people who have had experiences where they are living as like a, a water elemental or a fire element, you know, earth. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're in this, you know, crazy civilization on this uh, strange planet or something, obviously. <laughs> Is that a not a strange planet? <laughs> strange, strange world. Strange, strange world. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, um, I guess, archetype or uh, situation, I guess, between this film elemental and strange world like very zany concepts but also kind of struggling to make an impression with audiences a, a little bit so uh, <laughs> no and obviously i i've never done drugs i i joke about i haven't it. either yeah i'm very boring <laughs> i'm too anxious for that thing <laughs> I can't even handle alcohol. It's just like, uh, uh, no, <laughs> obviously I, it's funny. Cause I, I don't like, uh, I, I would never, it's like, you can't even talk about this without people thinking you're like judging behavior or something. It's like, no, none, none of that. I just, I like learning stories about people's experiences, um, and, and analyzing. So just, I try to keep these podcasts kind of clean and uh and not um you know be unlistenable by youths should they happen to <laughs> overhear some of these conversations <laughs> but uh no it's just a lot of bizarre stuff out there that like kind of is fun you can poke fun at a little bit and these these movies certainly do but overall and we're talking about talking elements here so <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's just a fun little romp for kids um, with with some insight into, you know, how how humans are. And that's kind of how these these creators uh, intended them to be. You know, Peter Stone, director of Good Dinosaur, we mentioned and uh, trying to kind of get into some of the elemental aspects of our uh, reality um, in, in healthy ways that don't involve, uh, imbibing, uh, <laughs> uh so you can see cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, everyone, uh, you know, have a, a very responsible summer and, uh, <laughs> a responsible 4th of July, no cars. 4th of July. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, this was fun, Bridget. Um, so a bunch of other movies have come out like the, the flash and spider verse and stuff. And it'd be fun to eventually have a chat about like the whole multiverse uh, situation that we're finding ourselves in, but um, no time for that right now. Uh, <laughs> I know I haven't got to see it yet. That That's yeah. my next one. I, I thought elemental would be more of my son's vibe. Because yeah. I, I think he loves Spider-Man. He loves Spider-Man, but I don't think he's quite old enough to kind of grasp what's happening. Yeah, the, you kind of just have to vibe out to those films as well. They they are just so busy with um, references and imagery, iconography from comics and various other media. So. Uh, it's a it's a fun time, but the the stories are very well written. Those Spider Verse movies, uh, the animated films. So uh, apparently, they it took uh, <laughs> a very arduous uh, number of months to complete you know the Spider Verse films, especially 
And uh, it sounds like the next one's going to be kind of delayed as a result, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw I was going to ask you if you've seen that, because I saw something earlier that said that like July 2026 now instead of 2024. Wow, 2026. Yeah, I saw something earlier. I didn't have time to like look into the authenticity of that, but I did see that they were saying because of stuff that's happened, it might be pushed back to July 2026. I, I've maybe heard that. I just had zoned out when they actually mentioned a specific date, but like I I would think, you know, they a, a movie that presumably, you know, would have had major uh, progress up to now considering Sp- across the spider-verse is sort of the first in a two-part film that, that they would have been kind of working on both simultaneously and so like the optimistic 2024 release date was a part of just uh, the assumption that these would be kind of co-production you know um, simultaneous productions that um you know, would not necessitate a delay of more than an additional year. Because, yeah, like 2024, that's an ambitious release date for the the third of the Spider-Verse trilogy. Um, but if, you know, considering the, the production struggles uh, to try to meet that date, uh, why, why would they push it off another two years then? just seems yeah I, I i'll have to find it i'll send it to you um yeah. but yeah it said that i guess it was like december 2024 is what they ideally wanted to do for the next one um but because of like production and some other issues it's going to be pushed back to december 2026 and then they kind of um added in a fun little tag for the video game that's coming out in between now and then so they were like if you need if you need some spider-man in your life <laughs> Yeah, no, that I mean, it's totally understandable because it, it was like five years between the first Spider-Verse and this one. So uh, a single year between the two of that, you know, the, the next two. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that um, that that re- that release schedule would be the way it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they, maybe wrong. they were just being ambitious, ambitious in what they wanted. Yeah, 2026 will be here before we know it um i mean yeah honestly like 2020 seems like a decade ago so uh, (laughs) i'm sure it'll fly by yeah um all right any okay so final thoughts on elemental uh just a super cute movie i really liked the message i even liked the whole like the, uh, the generational thing where it's like he didn't have closure the dad didn't have closure with his dad and so at the end she does like the little respect bow from there culture so it was like it was just like so it was so cute and especially as a parent i relate to that because i'm like i hope one day my kids will realize like everything we did for them but that we did that so they could be their own person later on so i'm like that was a really cute little touch and of course i just liked it it was just so cute i was very pleased yeah that was the moment that got me the bowing uh and uh yeah, overall, uh, maybe not the most uh, revolutionary Pixar film, but a worthwhile film. So definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, Peter Stone, uh, you know, I feel bad if his kind of name gets associated with uh, some of the lesser films of the Pixar canon, because I don't think he as a as a creator himself is deserving of, of that distinction. 
Um, I mean, we talked about Good Dinosaur on here. I think we both are very fond of that film. Um, so check that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, give it a, a revisit. Um, but yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, you know, some people are much more glowing about certain Pixar films than others. Um, and, I, you know, to me, I don't know, the good dinosaur something like that like it the the difference in quality just uh isn't as dramatic as i think a lot of people make it seem so i don't know a lot of just uh very kind of overinflated opinions out there on the internet that float around you know whenever something i don't know sometimes whenever something is just a little bit of a disappointment people then feel the license to really just unload and it gets a little unfair, um, but go see Elemental. Uh, Pixar, you know, is such a, a huge, um, you know, has, has such an important legacy in animation. So, like, if, if there are signs that things aren't quite, um, you know, as, as uh, strong as they once were, then people are quick to raise the red flag. Um, but you know, they're all, I think Disney's kind of going through a bit of a, a restructuring period, Hollywood in general, you got the writer strike going on. So, uh, just, uh, hang on and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't support Pixar, they're just going to keep making live action movies and nothing else. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> original films. That's uh, important. Yes. Thing. Yeah, original ideas. This is a, a romantic film. So yeah, support original stories. Um, and uh good to see kind of a romantic comedy. Um and yeah, uh no no pressure about checking things out. Um I don't know, especially knowing that this will eventually, of course, come to streaming <laughs> and uh, Disney Plus. So, all right. Well, whatever you decide to do, thank you for listening to the Thoughtcast Conversations about Animation. Bridget, uh, do you have any social media you want to share? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Instagram at Bridget. That's Bridge with a T, 5246. Yeah. All right. Um, find Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Thought the Sodcast Conversations about Information <laughs> is at Sodcast.com, streaming all kinds of places. Leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Everyone out there, thanks for listening. You'll have a magical day. Have a wonderful week and warm hugs. <laughs> <laughs>